this summer, we've been dwelling on and, and growing in just the, the wonders of music and what would life be like without music, especially in the summertime. But really, I think we can apply that to any time of the year. Music uh, forms just an incredible backdrop uh, to life. We've talked a lot about styles of music and different contexts for music. For instance, Pastor Steve even sung a blues song for us that he wrote last weekend. And if you weren't here, you're going to want to listen to that online, I guarantee you. Um, but don't, do do don't. It was good. That's all I got to say. Um, but I'll tell you this. I, I've thought about this too. I wondered, when was the first influence I had of music in my life? And where did that happen? And, and for me, one of my favorite memories of where I listened to a lot of music growing up uh, was actually in a hideout uh, down in our crawl space of the house I grew up in. Uh, at the age of five, my brother, who was 11 years older than I, um, had pulled back some card tables and some other things that were piled up against the wall to show me a secret place that I didn't know even existed in our house. And he says, I think you're going to want to know about this. And, and sure enough, back in a crawl space, and in the back of the crawl space, there was a lower crawl space with about a four-foot ceiling, and it was this little room under a stairwell that had paneling along one side that you could actually look through the crack of the paneling and see into our finished-off pool table room. It was like the perfect hideout, and I loved it as a kid. In fact, my brother pointed out to me that he had already pre-wired speakers down there some years earlier, that uh, he had made it his hideout when he was growing up, and he was now kind of passing the baton, as it were, to make it my hideout. And I built a door for it, had a little sliding little keyhole where I could look out, and, and I'd go down there, but the thing is, I'd go up to our family room, I'd turn on the stereo, I learned how to do this, and he showed me if you went from A to B to C and set it on the C setting, that sent the music down to the hideout, down in the basement. It was perfect. And so I'd go down there, and I'd listen to music. I'd lay on my back. I'd start decorating this place. And it was my place, my hiding place. And I spent many, many hours listening to all the great music of the 70s. And I'll tell you, um, and the 80s, for that matter. And, and the time spent down there, and, and the, the realization that, you know, coming home, maybe it was a bad day at school. Maybe something rough happened with a friend or, or something with a teacher, and Guess what I would do? I'd drop my bags and I'd run to my hideout. It was a place to escape, listen to music, to be alone, unwind from the day, cry if I needed to cry, or just simply ponder life. I just think of all that happened in that hideaway. I share all that because David reflects on something rather similar, only so much better. And, and hear this verse from, from our psalm today. Psalm 32 in, in context, it's similar to what we experienced a few weeks ago. Um, you can open God's scripture in the, in the word in the Bible if you want. We're going to dwell on some of these words together today or if you want to open your worship folder. Um, the context here, not printed in your worship folder, it, it is another one of those psalms called a maskil uh, of David, which uh, about 12 to 14 different psalms are labeled a maskil. And to review that from a few weeks ago, we know that word could mean a couple different things. We're not exactly sure what a masculine is, but most likely it means a song of reflection, a song of wisdom, a song of, of teaching that, that shares something of, of deeper value. And it's kind of one of those like, all right, a reflective ballad kind of thing. And um, this is what, what David says, and I'm going to jump to verse 7, and you can read just this verse with me. 
and see where I'm going with this. Read it with me. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Now ponder that for a little bit. What David is, is getting to in this psalm is this incredible place of rest, an incredible place of safety, an incredible place where he knows he can go at all times, no matter what is going on in his life, and he can find a place of retreat, a hiding place, David says. And he says that hiding place is found in his God. And to realize in the times of trouble, in times of difficulty, that God surrounds him with protection. And he even sings songs of deliverance over him. Kind of reminds me in Zephaniah where we're reminded that God sings over his people. There's a, there's a sense of peace and even a sense of joy and a sense to weather the storms and the difficulties of life when we find that hiding place in God's presence. So why is it that we don't go there very often? And I know that may seem silly because you're like, well, we're in worship today. Of course we go there. Well, do we? I mean, really. I get it, hour a week, maybe every other week, once in a while. What about the rest of the time? Where do we hide? Because I'm convinced of this, I think we are masters of hiding. It's kind of part of our DNA. We are, we are good at hiding. Oh, we, we do it all the time. There's, there's great examples of that. I'll show you a silly one. I, this happened just last night. My wife had, had left... And this was yesterday afternoon. I, I don't know where she was going. She was going to run an errand or something. And as she was leaving, I, I was thirsty, and I wanted a glass of milk. And I went into the, into the refrigerator immediately after the garage door shut. Um, but the, I mean the inside walk-through garage door. I don't mean the big garage door. That was open, and she pulled out, and she left. And, and I opened the refrigerator door, and I, I grabbed the milk carton, and I, I lifted it. And it was almost empty. And I'm like, it'd be kind of silly because I do a lot of dishes at her house. Why would I dirty a, a glass when I could just drink it out of the carton? And so I, I took the cap off and I'm in front of the refrigerator and I'm, I'm going to discard this thing because I'm going to finish it off. But as I'm pouring it back, I'm thinking, what if Shane walks in? And, and I'm thinking, okay, how would I explain this? I mean, it could be kind of, I mean, what's the big deal? And all of a sudden the door flies open like, what are you doing? And I went, Poof! and and milk went pouring down my shirt all over the refrigerator and on the floor. It's like, what are you doing? And I just started laughing. Like, I'm really embarrassed. And, and like, what a silly thing. And, and you know what? I was hiding something, though, wasn't I? And, and pretty silly. I mean, big deal. But I was afraid that it was pointing to something deeper. A habit of maybe going to the refrigerator more often to drink milk that way, which I don't, by the way. Um, but there are other things in our lives we do hide that are a, a daily habit. Things that we're not, a, not very proud of. And only you can answer that question, how do you hide? Because here's the thing, if you go back in, in Scripture, we find that, again, part of our DNA since the fall is we are masters of deception. We are masters at hiding from God. A God who says, come hide in my presence. And we say, no, 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 I would rather hide for myself. Because I've got ways, God, of coping with life. I've got ways of dealing with life. It's, it's my escape from life. And we have these little hideaway places that maybe no one knows about in our life. 
Maybe places of lust. Maybe places of, of satisfaction through addiction. Maybe places of gossip that just make us feel better about ourselves when we put someone else down. Maybe for you it's a place of, of going off and spending a lot of money because you just feel better at least for a little while until the credit card bills come. Maybe for you it's, it's work. And the more you pour yourself in work, the less you have to feel anything about your life. And maybe it's by working harder and getting better at something or getting attaboys or accolades at work, you end up finding a defining presence in your world and it starts to define you. But it becomes your hiding place ultimately from maybe an emptiness of your soul. Maybe your hiding place is is through your family, through your kids. I mean, it sounds like a great thing, right? But when our self-worth and sense of identity is based on how our kids are doing at any given moment, and if they're not doing well, suddenly our self-esteem is down, there's a problem there because they've become an idol for us. And yet a place of hiding. Maybe your sense of hiding is, is similar but different. But you know what I'm saying. We become masters of hiding. And have you ever played hide-and-go-seek with preschoolers? Um, I, I got a picture here that kind of looks like, the, this is kind of how it often goes. And it's like, you know, one, two, three, here I come. And, you know, I, I wonder where they are, right? And how am I ever going to find them? Where are they? And the thing is, as we grow up, and this next picture shows it just as accurately, we do the same thing as if God doesn't know us. Whether it's fear that forces us behind that curtain of, of shame and guilt, whether it's, it's the shame and guilt itself and we realize how sinful and broken we are, or maybe we just don't really realize because we just get into this habit of just going through perpetual hiding. And hiding from others and hiding from God. And it just, the self-sufficiency of control that seems like a good thing because people praise us for it. But actually maybe it's something that actually pulls us apart from our relationship and trust in God. Where are you hiding today? Now David had to reflect deeply on that. And for him to get to a place to admit his need that he had been hiding. This is what he says, and this will go back to verse 1. He says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. In other words, there's nothing being hidden there. And our, our thoughts are often when we're in a place of hiding in our sin, we, we think, you know, blessed is the one who just keeps hiding. And, and why? It, it's scary to, to be honest about what we've become and where we've been spending our time or where our thoughts are or what we're doing or what our motivations are in life. It's a scary place to admit that means being vulnerable. And for some of us, we're raised, you can never get vulnerable. No, no. And it's amazing how that enters into our faith relationship too. And actually drives a wedge between us and God. 
That's when David goes on. He says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was, is heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. You know the weight of that? Or that sense of emptiness, of trying to be self-sufficient, and you realize, I can't do this anymore. And the fear of turning to God with it, but at the same time, there's a sense of just weight and shame and guilt, and, and you, you sense it's from God that's weighing you down, but you're not facing it, and you're just going through the motions. It's like being out in the middle of a desert in the heat of summer. You're like, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I have no shelter, I have nowhere to go, and everywhere I've been trying to hide, it just doesn't work. We long for something more. Every once in a while you hear a a tragic story of a a game of hide and seek gone bad. And and I remember one some years ago that that I'd heard about, saw on the news, and I I don't remember where it happened. But basically some kids were playing hide and go seek and and they all went different directions and as the game went on, um, little Johnny couldn't be found. And, and the game went on, like, where's Johnny? And they just couldn't find Johnny. And they searched everywhere, in the basement, upstairs, in the bedrooms, under the bed, in the closets. They searched out in the yard. Couldn't find him anywhere. Now, it's the heat of summer. It's hot. And they're like, well, he wouldn't come outside. I mean, after all, it's really hot out here anyway. So they kind of didn't search there for a while. But finally, one of, the, one of the kids, the little kids, said to their mom or dad, they said, we can't find Johnny. And it's, it's been a long time now. And it's not like Johnny to stay hidden for long. Johnny was only like four years old. And as they started to search, they couldn't find him. And soon they started calling neighbors and friends. They called for help and reinforcements. They searched the neighborhood, couldn't find Johnny there. The thinking was he abducted. And just the, the worst fears that can grip a parent at that point and, and wondering, what do we do now? And, and the search goes into hours and finally goes into days. And on the third day, I understand, as they've been going out searching and checking surveillance cameras in any direction around the house and in the neighborhood and down the block, someone decided to say, as they've been spending time gathering in their, in their own driveway, they said, has anybody looked in the trunk of the car? <laughs> and they opened the trunk, and to their horror, there was little Johnny. And it was too late. He'd been there all the time. Here they were, gathering around, praying as they going out searching, and Johnny's right there, under their noses, but they missed it. And he died. And as a parent, you're like, may it not be. And as God, as a parent, he says to us, may it not be. Because I made you not to go hiding and stay in a place of death. Because the wages of sin is death. But rather, I've made you to find a relationship in me, in my songs of deliverance, lest you go running, hiding from me. Come and find your rescue and find that deliverance in a place of hiding and safety in my presence. And the crazy thing is, is he makes it available to us simply by admitting our need. David says in Psalm 32, verse 5, he says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. 
I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin, he says. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? John would write a very similar thing. First John, remember this? If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's coming out of hiding into the light of the gospel and a God who says, I have rescued you by going the way of death in your place. I entered into that trunk of death and took on the heat of your mistakes and your pain and the struggle you face because of your choices. And I'm a God who conquers it and comes out alive to give you victory today, to give you a true place to go and find a hiding place in this world. I was at a retreat one time, and and I remember the the pastor who was directing the retreat. It was a time of just intentional prayer, time to be intentionally in the Word, away from the rest of the stresses of life. And and one of the things he, he made clear, and I'll never forget this quote, he said, you know, there's a difference between escaping from life and withdrawing from life. And he says, Jesus offers us an opportunity as he demonstrates as the Son of God who would withdraw to go and commune with his Father. There's a healthiness to that. He says, the thing is, is a lot of us, we try to escape from life, and that's very different. God has given you a calling. He's given you a purpose. He's given you a reason and an identity in this world. And as a new person in Jesus, we have a hiding place in him, not as an escape, but rather as a place to withdraw and spend every moment of every day as people of his word, as people who are hungry and thirst for the righteousness he offers us. Is that new identity that gives us a reason to find hope in this world. So I, David would go on and write. He says, after this, he says, it's very clear. I, I let, therefore, the faithful pray to you while you may be found. And see that shift there? Up to that point, he'd not been talking about faithful people. Like, wait a minute, he's talking about unfaithful people. But now our new identity, when we confess our sins in God who cleanses us with all, of all unrighteousness, he calls us now as faithful ones. Pray to you while you may be found. Surely even the rising of mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Man, is that a great place to listen to music. In Jesus' name, amen.